0: I always encourage my parents and my students, my families to, you know, for the kids to take ownership as well and to be a part of the process. I think it's very important.
1: Welcome to the Raising Confident Teens podcast, where we talk about life and leadership with teens and their parents. I'm Jenna. And I'm Rachel, and we are so happy to have you join us. It's been a crazy week for us. I think it's been the busiest week of the entire school year. Would you agree, Jenna? Probably. Yeah, it's been crazy. This is our first year playing softball, baseball. So Hudson had two games this week, a couple practices. Jenna had five games this week, a couple double headers. And a couple practices, uh, tons of doctor's appointments, two cars in the shop, cooking and cleaning. Well, actually, we haven't done a whole lot of that. <laughs> um, so, I understand life's really busy, and a lot of times we forget to do the stuff that's really important. But, as teenagers and parents, we need to remember, we got to think long-term. And that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today planning for the future and your college career. So we have on the show with us today, Carrie Bedard, who is a mom of three young adults, wife of 28 years, a University of Florida graduate, a Bright Futures expert, and one of the admins on the Bright Futures Scholarship parent page, and the founder of Soar to Success Consulting, where she specializes in high school and college consulting and admissions guidance. Welcome to the podcast, Carrie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So high school and college consulting, how did you get into that?
0: Well, it's been a little over a decade. I was involved in, in education and pre-elementary school education, did some tutoring for some time, and then moved into the space when my kids were in high school and just, like many parents, were overwhelmed with the college process and the high school process moving to college. And as guidance counselors got busier and busier with four or 500 kids apiece, um, people were needing private guidance and, um, got a great mentor and some great, uh, associations to get involved in with mentors. And the rest is kind of, as they say, history. This is my 10th cycle. Cool. So you kind
1: of like, that wasn't your goal to start with, but then you saw the need and you just thought I can do that.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yep. Awesome. That's often how we find our way. We try different things and just like, wow, I didn't know I, li- I would like this. And I- now that I'm doing it, I love it.
0: Yeah. And I've always worked with kids, whether it's been in um, schools or PTAs or coaching or youth ministry, I've always been involved with-, with students. So it was kind of a natural progression to help them in another very important area of their lives. That's awesome. So you have a lot of experience with Bright Futures, and
1: I know a lot of people here in Florida get confused by all the requirements and all the rules. So can you tell us just briefly
0: what is Bright Futures? Sure. So Bright Futures is the state of Florida scholarship program. So it's the state of Florida. It's managed by the state of Florida, and the funds come from the Florida Lottery. Um, And up until now, which is something that's in legislation, we'll see what happens. But up until now, the funds have been earmarked specifically for Florida scholarship programs. Um, Students just have to be a U.S. citizen as defined by colleges and have received a minimum of a standard high school diploma from a, and have no felonies on record, (laughs) Um, and be in a public or private school or homeschool to earn the scholarship. Or to be eligible for the scholarship. So the the
1: legislation you're talking about you're referring to is Senate Bill eighty six, right?
0: Yes, that is continuing through and moving through, and hopefully we'll have some final answers of what it's going to look like next month.
1: Right. So it's already passed the
0: Senate. Um, it's went through, yeah, it's passed many committees with lots of changes. Um, so I, I don't want to spend too much time because it would be a lot of really guessing at this point. Um, but yeah, it's it started off really crazy. They've removed a lot of the craziness, which is good. But I, I would just, probably the only thing I would say about the bill is that the big concern right now for, for parents and students in Florida is moving these funds into a general appropriations, which means year to year, it can be used any way they see fit instead of being earmarked. So that, that's the big thing that people are worried about right
1: So we just need to keep our eye on it. Absolutely, yep. Can you tell us the difference between a full and a partial scholarship?
0: Sure, so as far as a full and a partial scholarship, full is for students that earn what's called the Florida Academic Scholarship, which and I'm just going to refer to it as this year, 2021, we don't know what's going to happen in the future, um, but this year, 2021, graduating class. So if they have a 3.0 uh, weighted core GPA, 75 service hours, and either a 1210 SAT or 25 ACT, either one of those super scored from multiple tests, they'll earn the first level Bright Futures, which currently is 75%. Um, there's a little bit more to it than that that I know we'll talk about. And for the higher level, the Florida Academic Scholarship, it's a 3.5 weighted, 100 service hours, a 13, 30, or 29 super scored, and they earn 100% Bright Futures. And then currently, they also get some additional funds for books and fees.
1: Right. So if you don't get the score you want, it's worth it to study to try and get that
0: higher score. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, many times my students and and students have already gotten admitted to their college right like now most kids have already had their admissions decisions and i would say probably upwards of 80 percent have already accepted where they're going to go and paid their enrollment deposit dorm all of that but they can continue testing and typically they can continue testing all the way till june this year because of covid they've extended testing till december Um, so every other piece of the scholarship has to be met um, by the end of graduation, but they've extended the testing till December, um, for the class of twenty twenty one. That's good. One of my kids
1: managed to raise their score seven points on the ACT just by studying. Oh yeah. Uh, the practice books. Yeah.
0: Which was worth it. Yeah, my oldest daughter was um, ended up attending undergrad grad at FSU, and she actually got in FSU for the fall, registered for school, orientation, everything, kept testing and. It took that one last test to get the, the full bite future. So it definitely pay, pays off. It pays off to keep going, and there's just no downside to it.
1: Is there a limit to how many times you can test?
0: There isn't, but, you know, I tell parents to expect an average of three times. Um, I know kids have done six, but three seems to be the average right now
1: because eventually you're just not going to get any Correct,
0: yeah, you're just not going to. They say three to four, you're not going to do any better. I've seen kids do better after six, but it's a very, very small percentage. What schools can accept Bright Futures? So Florida public or independent post-secondary schools um, accept Bright Futures.
1: So it can be any public Florida school?
0: Any public or independent school in the state of Florida can accept Bright Futures. So what does
1: independent mean?
0: Independent is uh, private schools, Florida Southern, Southeastern, Lynn, Miami, University of Tampa, Stetson. I'm just naming, obviously, some right. in the state of Florida. But any independent post-secondary school in Florida can accept bright futures as well. Right. You just have
1: to call if you're not sure and ask yeah, it's and
0: sometimes it's accepted, you know, as a flat dollar amount, sometimes it's per credit hour, sometimes they convert it over. There's multiple ways it's done with the with the private schools. Do I have to start college immediately after high school? No, you don't. You can you must enroll in the program within 5 years of graduation. And basically, if you're deferring it, Um, You have to get what's called an award reinstatement from Bright Futures, but pretty simple to get. You just provide previous um, awarding and you go into reinstatement. And if you are deferring because you're going in the military, then you're deferring. It's called deferring for military service. And again, you can get award reinstatement for that as well. And the deadline to apply um, for Bright Futures, no matter what the circumstances, it always opens October 1st. Um, and you go through FFAA, which is the Florida Financial Aid Application, and you have to complete it after graduation by August 31st. And by the way, there's no exceptions for that. Um, so it has to be completed by August 31st after graduation to, to qualify for it.
1: So if you don't want to take advantage of it right away, you're you're going to defer a couple years. Do you have to go ahead and complete it?
0: you do still have to complete it, correct? So you have to, no matter when you're gonna use it, you have to do it after October and you have to have it completed by August 31st after graduation, no matter when you're gonna use it, whether you're gonna use it right away or whether you're gonna defer. Is it complicated? No, very simple. It's a 10, 15 minute initial form that takes you into another piece where you submit. And then it's up to the student and or parents to continue tracking the awards, which is really important. It's not up to Bright Futures to to track that for you. Um, so it's important that, you know, that you continue, you know, to do that. Uh, and a lot of people don't realize there's also a Gold Seal Award and a Gold Seal Cape Award. So those awards are if you if you're not going to go to a four-year college, um, if you are in a career or a certificate program, like a technical school, you can also earn Um, money. If you have a 3.0 in all the non-elective courses and at least three minimum in a technical um, or dual technical program, then you still need some minimum test scores and 30 service hours, but you can still earn some money. And the gold seal cape is if you have an AA or AS degree, um, you can also earn some money that way. Um, And another thing a lot of people don't know is if you're out of state and you're attending a non-Florida school, and you get a diploma, but you're living with a parent um, who is military or public service away from Florida, and then you can get an out of state assignment document and proof of dependency and still earn Bright Futures. Interesting. So there are a few other op- opportunities that a lot of students don't know about.
1: So when you fill out the Bright Futures form, do you have to tell them what school you're going to?
0: Yes, you tell them what school you're going to, and you also list, I think it's your top. It used to be five, I think it's three now, but your top schools that you are wanting to attend. And then once you accept admission to a college, you have to. it's up to you to let Bright Futures know or, or amend your form for the school you're actually attending. Some other little nuances is if you have ACE or IB diploma, your courses and your GPA are automatically qualifying you for bright, full Bright Futures. You just have to do the service and the scores. Um, so that's a pretty big deal for ACE and IB students. They you don't have to worry about the coursework or the GPA. It's they know that you're meeting that. So as long as you get that diploma, have the service and your test scores, you you get Fulbright Futures. So that's you know that's a, a great benefit there. How you figure out your Bright Futures, um, your GPA is you get it's four Englishes, four math, three soci- three science with labs, three social science and two foreign language. Um, and the math has to be at or above algebra one level, and students can use up to two additional credits towards their GPA from core extra courses if they need it to bump up their GPA. So in other words, Bright Futures is trying to help you get it, um, and then they weight your GPA a point two decimal places up. So you know that's helpful as well.
1: Also, something that I just learned this year: your foreign languages have to be.
0: Consecutive. consecutive? Yep, two in a row. Correct. And quite honestly, if you're applying for school, at least at a top tier school in the state of Florida, you really need three years of foreign language. Even they don't they don't require it. That is what they're now looking for. So I always try and tell my students to to stick it out if they can in that third year because it will be beneficial on their application. And for Bright Futures to receive it, you also have to be enrolled twelve hours to get full Bright Futures. In other words, if you're planning on getting Fulbright Futures and you've earned it, you have to be enrolled in 12 credit hours to get that. Um, and in a minimum of six credit hours per semester to get, to get any money at all. Um, and then for summer, you have to be in at least six hours as well. So they will
1: pay for summer mm-hmm. classes. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: And then if you're a homeschooled student, the requirements are all the same um, as any other student in a, in a public or private high school. The only difference is if you're going to be homeschooled, you have to register with the district um, with the home education office. Otherwise, a lot of people don't realize that. And then they go to qualify for Bright Futures and they never registered. So you do have to register with the district um, with every district has a home education office you have to register for and you have to give them you have to be registered with them for the current year that you're graduating and the prior academic year in order to qualify.
1: That's good to know. Mm -hmm. but you're really supposed to register with them anyway if you're homeschooling you are supposed
0: to but again we want to make sure everyone's doing that so they don't end up being seniors and all of a sudden they don't qualify for bright futures and they thought you know they were going to get that money
1: yeah that would be horrible
0: yeah
1: where can i do community service
0: so um each school this is real important we get a lot of questions about this on our a bright futures scholarship page, and I get a lot of questions in my private practice. But each school district sets their own rules and their own documentation. And so, if you're hearing on whether it's our bright futures page or from a guidance counselor, you know, or or a lot of rumor mill with parents and kids, people think, oh, well, this friend of mine in you know, say. Duval County, they have to just fill out this form and they turn it in and they're all good to go. And then someone in say St. John's County says, no, we don't have a form, we just turn in letterhead. Um, So again, it's very, very important um, that every parent and student knows each school district sets the rules and the documentation process for the district. There's three ways to get hours, doesn't really matter where you are because this is a Florida guideline. Um, They have to be a 501c nonprofit or a government or social service internship through a government service organization or a school internship, which we call VPS. So a lot of kids will do an internship at school, a lot of juniors and seniors, they have to elect that to count as a VPS volunteer hours um, period of the day, and then that can be counted as well. So nonprofits, government or service internship, or a school internship as VPS.
1: Yeah, I've heard some people, there's a lot of controversy about, can I do it at my church? I just tell people, try
0: not to. <laughs> well, what I tell people about church is think of it this way. If it's outreach, yes. If it's in church, no.
1: Right. So in other
0: words, if you're volunteering every Sunday in the nursery or guest services or whatever, that does not count. But if your church does a lot of outreach, like the Tim Tebow Night to Shine, you go and do that event and you help out, or you go on a mission trip, or you you know, help you go downtown and you serve food with your church. Those are outreaches and those are, those are associated with another organization. Mm-hmm. And so I tell kids to try and focus on that type of work through your church versus directly inside the church.
1: Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Mm-hmm.
0: Another thing about Bright Futures that like we get a lot of questions about is how do you renew it? So Bright Futures, once you earn it and you start college, it renews automatically every year with the college you're attending. There's nothing you need to do. It's not like FAFSA where you have to fill out every year for government loans or aid. So Bright Futures renews each year automatically as long as your GPA requirements are met, which currently is um, 12 credit hours, of course. And if you have the lower level, it's a 2.75 to keep it. And for the higher level, it's a 3.0 and you have actually one semester to remediate. So let's say you start school in the fall and you have a rough first semester. They don't just take it away from you. You would have spring the next semester to meet that GPA. So it doesn't get taken away right away. If you, if you lose the GPA, you have one semester to remediate. That's good. Mm-hmm.
1: How many years do I have to use
0: it? Five years. So from the start of Bright Futures, from the time you earn it, you have five years after starting college to use it, except for if you take, you know, the gap time where you would do award reinstatements. But once you start it and you actually start using it, you have five years.
1: So can you use it for your master's?
0: Um, you can. It, it depends. You know, a lot of kids, if you have dual enrollment, going in AP classes, you're ahead. You may be able to use it, you know, even longer, but you have one semester into your, into graduate school, whether it's graduate school, law school, um, one semester to use that Bright Futures. And I have two of my kids that did that. I have an older daughter that did graduate school and I have a son that did law school um, or is doing law school and both of them had Bright Futures for their first semester. So it's a huge savings.
1: Yeah, because those graduate schools are more expensive. It,
0: yes, <laughs> they really are. So,
1: so just to clarify and make sure I understand, if you don't dual enroll and you get your bachelor's in four years, can you use it for the first semester then, right?
0: Yeah, So if you if you finish in four years and you use all your Bright Futures over the four years, then you would not have it for grad school is how it's written now.
1: Okay.
0: I would say that probably eighty percent or more students have either AP credit, dual enrollment or combination of. I'd have to look at the percent from this past year, but it's pretty high. So yeah, it, it it seems most kids are able to do that if they if they go on. And again, I just wanna reiterate that we are in a major like, you know, period right now where we don't know what is going to change. Um, we're gonna again hopefully should know by the end of next month. But a lot of the stuff we're talking about could potentially change. Right. Um, and my only hope is if it changes that they grandfather in the kids who are already in college or the kids who earned it for next year. Right. That That's, you know, certainly my hope.
1: It's an amazing program. I look at other states. A lot of states still have nothing.
0: Yeah, I think there's only four states that have a similar program. I know Georgia has the hope scholarship. It's a little harder to get, but they have hope. Um, and I believe I want to say Tennessee.
1: Yeah. I think Tennessee.
0: Yeah. I don't remember the fourth one, but, um, but yeah, there's, there's, it's amazing. I mean, I personally have three kids. All three of them have used, you know, bright futures through, through, and if you have Florida prepaid, it's even better because if bright futures kicks in all the money for your tuition, Florida prepaid, you actually cash it out. And it can be used for lots of other things. So a lot of parents who've done Florida prepaid and Bright Futures, they're really covered because that's covering the rest of their expenses, that that money that they're pulling back out.
1: Right. Interesting. Yeah. So I have a parent that sent a question in and she wanted to know if her daughter got other scholarships, will it reduce the amount of bright futures money that she would
0: get? No. So other scholarships, we call them outside scholarships or merit scholarships, those are they're staffable. So basically what happens is if you can imagine, we'll just call it the University of Florida. So you register for your classes and first they bill if you have Florida prepaid, they bill Florida prepaid first. Um, And then Bright Futures hits. And then each of your other scholarships hits. And then whatever monies are left over once everything hits is paid out into whatever account account your student has designated. It can't be a parent account. Whatever account you have designated with your student for the money to go drop into. So it's called stacking. And every school does it. It all sits in your account. And then balance comes into an account as cash for you to use however you want. So, if
1: you got more scholarships than your expenses, what happens?
0: You get the cash. The cash comes into your account to use. So, a lot of people, if they have a lot of scholarships to staff, if they have Florida Prepaid, they'll elect out of the Florida Prepaid. They will not, they'll just tell the school, I don't want to have it posting. So that, you know, Bright Futures and the other scholarships will hit and just give you the leftover money to use however you want books, fees, labs, dorm, meal plan, whatever. Um, and they'll just hold that Florida floor prepaid out for either later for another student in the family or to cash out for something else. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: then they can save that for grad school.
0: Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, or for other students because you can pass that down to siblings.
1: Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else that you happen to think of that we haven't mentioned?
0: Um, I don't think so. I think it's just real important to make sure that when it opens up in October, you you know you go ahead and and get registered and get your account get set up. The other thing I would just mention is awards are posted twice a year. Um, so the notifications are in the seventh semester, which is in March. So everyone last month got their awards if they met all the requirements. Um, by January, they got awards in March. And then the next posting is in the eighth semester. Um, which is anybody basically who gets um, all everything met by graduation and then they get that award in July. And a lot of parents start kind of freaking out if their kids got in for summer admission at a university. Oh, my gosh, I'm not going to get my award. You are. Even if even if your student starts, you know, class the second or third week in July, even though you're getting your award notification, the college has already received it. So you will still get your money for if you start summer, you know, in July and August. For IB and A students, it doesn't post till August. I know they kind of freak out about that, but remember that for colleges in the fall, drop ad is the first cut co- you in know, the first week of class. So you start class, and then you have drop ad. So you know the money is in there before your drop ad, and before any monies are due for tuition to the college.
1: So if someone wants to contact you for like, they want some further coaching or they just wanna check you out, where can they find you?
0: Two ways. Um, One way is I have a um, business page on Facebook. It's probably the most widely used. I give a lot of great free advice and information on there as well. Um, It's SOAR, S-O-A-R, and then the number two, SUCCESS, S-U-C-C-E-S-S, Consulting. And that's the Facebook page, SOAR to Success Consulting. The other way is just to email me uh, my email is C B E D A R D F L, like abbreviation for Florida at Yahoo.com. So cbedardfl at yahoo.com. And if you're interested in hearing more about Bright Futures or keeping up with the legislation, um, the page that I'm one of the admins on, admins on is on Facebook as well. And that is the Bright Futures Parent Scholarship page. Um, and you have to answer two questions to be admitted on there. One is whether you have a high schooler, and the second one is just to agree to our rules of behavior. Um, And once you've agreed to those, you'll get admitted onto that page, and we're going to be doing a lot of updates over the next 30 days.
1: Yeah, that's a great page. I'm on that page. Thank you. (laughs) That's how I found you. Well, good. Uh, Okay, so we'll put links to all that in the show notes, all your contact info and your pages.
0: Well, I appreciate y'all having me. It's so wonderful that you do this, and I love that you're doing it with your teens and kind of getting input from you know the parent and the teen side. I think that's really important. I always encourage my parents and my students, my families, to you know for the kids to take ownership as well and to be a part of the process. I think it's very important.
1: Yeah, we try to make it a group effort.
0: <laughs> well, good. I help
1: you find the scholarships. You write the essays.
0: <laughs> Perfect.
1: All right, thank you so much for joining us today. Just a reminder, if you like more support, we have a free private Facebook parents group. You can find us by searching for Raising Confident Teens Community. Hope you have a great week. I look forward to talking to you next time.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me.